Let's pause for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the beautiful name of Jesus. It is that name where we find our hope. I pray tonight as we, as we come here that you would preach through my feeble lips your truth, my all too often foolish lips spouting foolish words. May you override that by your spirit so that your people would be built up. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. So we don't have, there, frankly, I thought about how best to preach about this issue from the Proverbs tonight, um, because there's just so many passages in the Proverbs that have to do with our topic that there's, there's not really like one extended passage, but just a bunch of verses. And so instead of reading to you a ton of verses, I thought two kind of encapsulated the Proverbs message about our words. And they're found, uh, the first one is found in Proverbs 10, verse 19. It reads like this. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. And then the second comes from 18, Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Serious business. When I was uh, eight years old, for the first time that I can remember anyway, I had a favorite band. This will show you my age, uh, but uh, they weren't really a band, actually. They were something kind of new, new-ish at that point, at least to me. They, were, uh, they, they actually were rappers. They, they didn't play instruments that I know of, but they were a rap group, and their name was Run DMC. And... Uh, I'm guessing there's probably some of you that remember that group. Some of you have never heard of them before in your life. But in 1986, they were huge. I mean, huge. I couldn't get enough of them. The school bus that I rode every day to school, they literally, one guy in the school bus had a boombox. And every day, this is no joke, in a boombox, every day he would play the song, You Be Illin, and everyone on the bus knew the words to You Be Illin. I mean, it, it, was, it was quite something. I knew their whole album, as a matter of fact. The album's called Raising Hell. My parents didn't like that. But they let it slide since there wasn't any curse words. I knew the words to every song. And then, of course, I found out that they had earlier records. So I got my hands on those two. And I found what would become my favorite song up to that point. Called You Talk Too Much and You Never Shut Up. By Run DMC, of course. Here's the lyrics, some of the lyrics. You talk too much, you never shut up. I said you talk too much, homeboy, you never shut up. That's the chorus. You talk about people you don't even know, and you talk about places you never go. You talk about your girl from head to toe. I said your mouth's moving fast and your brain's moving slow. <laughs> You're the instigator, the orator of the town. You're the worst when you converse, just a big mouth clown. You talk when you're awake. I heard you talk when you sleep. Has anyone ever told you that talk is cheap? You talk too much. You never shut up. Now, why am I bringing this up to you? I don't know. I 
Let's go. No, I, I know. Because tonight we're going to be talking about this very issue of talking too much from the Proverbs. It's actually pretty amazing how much our speech is addressed and the importance of it is addressed in Scripture. If you were paying attention to some of the passages we read earlier, you saw how serious this issue is. Jesus literally says in that Matthew passage that every idle word of ours will be judged. I mean, that's serious business. And especially in our era of social media, where we're encouraged to constantly talk about everything all the time. So, so tonight, what we're going to do in the time we have is first, we're going to look at the different kinds of big mouths there are. Secondly, we're going to look at why we're prone to being big mouths. Uh, third, what are the results of our big mouth? And finally, the cure or the antidote for our big mouth. So first of, all, first of all, the kinds of big mouths there are, especially in the Proverbs, there's a number of them. The first kind we find is sometimes called the babbler in the book of Proverbs. Specifically twice in chapter 10 of the book, you can look it up. Um, but you might know the babbler in your life as the oversharer. I'm sure somebody in your mind comes up. The oversharer. The kind of person that just can't stop talking about everything at all times for any reason. And it's not necessarily that this kind of person is saying bad things. They're not saying like evil stuff, you know, or, or cursing all the time or anything like that. It's just that they're saying so many things all the time. It's the guy on Facebook that shares with you uh, way too much about his bodily functions not working right. And you're like, yeah, yeah you could, could have phrased that different. Um, maybe it's not shared at all. Uh, it's, you know, the Proverbs say uh, the person who needs to talk all the time ends up being a fool. It's inevitable. Now, that might seem harsh, but you'll see why the book says that a little later. So that's the first one, the babbler or the overshare. The next foolish big mouth you have is the gossip or the whisperer. This is the person who can't stop talking about others. And usually this person's conversation is filled with rumors and insinuations that aren't frankly necessarily true. They're certainly not verified in most cases. Chances are you sitting here tonight probably struggle with this maybe more than you might think you do. Uh, it's a very natural thing for us to do no matter who we are or where we're from. We all like the feeling of feeling like we have insider info being the ones that are in the know. Another big mouth in the Proverbs is someone that I'm calling the opinionator. This is the person who has an opinion on everything and makes sure that everyone knows it. Social media, especially Twitter, for whatever, I mean, Twitter seems to be the big one here, really appeals to this person because you can write whatever you want. Uh, in many cases, anonymously, you can have an anonymous account and and if you have an anonymous account, you can have very little real-life consequences to what you say. You can have an opinion about everything. It tends to be that the opinionator on social media is the person who probably might not say that much in real life, actually. But the, the anonymity of the platform gives them boldness. I Frankly, I'm just going to be honest here. I think this kind of big-mouthism appeals to preachers a lot. I think we struggle with this. I can't tell you how many times I've heard a preacher get up and preach on a topic that they really don't know much about at all and act as if they're the expert because they have the pulpit. 
I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. I mean, heaven forbid, you may have been in a situation where you hear the preacher espousing something with passion, and you just happen to be an expert in that field, and you're like, no, mm -mm, that's not correct. That's, that's like super awkward and uncomfortable. But I think preachers feel sometimes, because they have the pulpit, that they have to give words of wisdom about all things. That's not, in fact, true. The Bible has a very specific message that we'll talk about later, but... Thus, that being said, I think it's a temptation for us. And again, the proverb says, the person who has to share their opinion about everything ends up being foolish. Proverbs 18.2 says it this way, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. There's the, quar the quarreler. This is the person who basically likes to argue for argument's sake. Again, welcome to social media. Uh, chances are we've all known that person that really enjoys the fight. You know, that just, they, they kind of live for that. They, and, you know, they're sometimes called trolls. You know, they just like to start stuff for the sake of starting stuff. The Proverbs call somebody who is quarrelsome, in fact, a fool. And last but not least, you have the scoffer. Who's that guy? Well, this is the person that basically mocks most everything. He has a joke for everything, but takes no thing seriously, or very little. The eye roll emoji was made for this person. So as you can see, I mean, there are a number of different kinds of big mouths in Proverbs, and there's, there's more that I could highlight, but I'm just going to leave it there for now. And chances are, you're prone to some of these more than others. Uh, depending on your makeup, depending on where you come from, maybe for you, gossip isn't that big a deal, but you find yourself being more like the cynic, the scoffer. Or maybe you struggle with thinking you have to have an opinion on everything. Whatever it is, the point is we've all got our issues when it comes to our talk. So, so the, the question is, why do we do it? If we know, I mean, we know it, that some of this can lead to bad things, to foolishness, why are we prone to doing it? Well, for starters... We're sort of wired that way. We're wired to talk. A whole article in the Scientific American was actually devoted to our need to talk as a way to frankly help us survive and thrive. It's, it's true. I mean, if you're with somebody that you don't know very well, you know, for the first time, and there's just silence, I mean, that's awkward. And so somebody's just got to start saying words to fill that air. I mean, it, you know, pretty soon. You know, hey, the movie, sports car, I don't know, just like something to fill the dead air, you know. Um, <clears throat> so it's natural for us to try and find words to just sort of fill out the space. But, but the problem is, <laughs> in the same study that Scientific American talks about, it turns out that 60% uh, of the time when we do talk, we're talking about ourselves. And 80% of that, it goes up to 80% when we're chatting on social media. And so one of the reasons the researchers found that we talk so much is because it feels good to talk about ourselves. That's, that's what he says. So much so that Harvard psychologists discovered that individuals were actually willing to give up money for the opportunity to disclose information about themselves. <laughs> it's funny, but it's not, right? I mean, we see illustrations of our willingness to give up information about ourselves right now in the media, in the news. You know, we see, we hear about, you know, Facebook and, uh, you know, having all this data on us. We're not really surprised, though, right? I mean, we signed up for it and we're kind of like, yeah, like, here's my life. 
And uh, we just, we, we're, we've gotten used to that, just giving over all sorts of details because we do want to share about ourselves. We are what uh, the comedian Brian Regan sometimes refers to as the me monster. If you haven't had a chance to look up his bit called the me monster, it's wonderful. I won't rehearse it for you here right now, but uh, it illustrates this truth perfectly. Everybody is prone to be in the me monster. Somebody that constantly needs to find a way to bring back the attention to themselves. And why is that? Well, because at bottom, we want to be validated, right? We want people to think that we're smart or funny or well-connected. We want people to think we're tough and that we don't struggle with insecurity. One of the researchers covering the fact that we talk too much gave a recommendation that's going to blow your mind. Are you ready? He said, instead, try not talking as much. Yeah, I know, crazy. But yeah, that was his, that was his recommendation. Indeed, you know, thinking before we speak Using our words carefully, being tactful and sensitive to the people we're speaking to is so fundamental to wise talk. So, so the Proverbs emphasize being slow to speak. We're told that even the fool is not wise when kept silent. One of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, even a fool is thought wise when kept silent. This is why the psalmist said earlier in our psalm, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Because if we don't, the results can actually be horrible. Again, going back to the proverb for tonight's sermon, the results of oversharing when words are many, transgression is not lacking. What is transgression? Transgression is the violation of a law or rule. Now, why might that happen if you're yapping all the time? Well, because if you're the babbling type, then there's a greater chance you're going to give away secrets. This is, after all, why lawyers tell their clients, don't say anything. Or if you're a gossip, you're no doubt going to fall into slandering someone else. If you're constantly sharing your opinion, there's no doubt you're going to be wrong sometimes. If you're a quarreler, there's no doubt you're going to argue over things that are useless to argue about. And if you're a scoffer, then eventually people will feel like you're just too cool for them to actually have any real relationship with at all. If everything is just something to mock, then how can you be human? Listen, I mean, if there's anything I've learned, like, I'm 40, so I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know, close to halfway there, I guess. Uh, I've learned a couple of things, not much yet, but one of the things I've learned is that in life, kindness is so much better than cool. Like, in every, it's so much better than cool. And it gives you longevity in your relationships and with your life. That's what people ultimately Ultimately, people are, are not going to stand by your bedside or go to your funeral and eulogize how hip and cool you are. The chances are they're going to be talking about kindness and love and care. Kindness beats cool every time. And so this leads to the main reason we're called to be careful with our words, and that's we can really, really, really badly hurt others. 
It's why the Proverbs say death and life are in the power of the tongue. And James says the tongue is so powerful that it's almost like it has the power to set a forest fire. And, you know, in my mind, the stupidest saying I remember from my childhood, you know it before I even say it, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. I hate that phrase. I get the point of it. I get the point of it. I do. I know why my grandma told it to me. But the fact is, you can't tell that to the guy mercilessly teased, mercilessly teased his whole childhood and see if those words didn't leave horrific scars. Or tell that to the girl who had rumors spread about her that she was a slut. Tell that to the 13-year-old Rosalie Avila, who after being bullied constantly for two years, hung herself, 13 years old. And in her note she left behind, she said it was because no matter what she did, they wouldn't stop bullying her. Perhaps, almost certainly, some of you have been the victims of foolish talk and you still have the scars to prove it. Or maybe you've been the one to hurt others with foolish talk and you're plagued by guilt over it. I've experienced both ends of this. When I was in fourth grade, I can still remember a bunch of kids ganging up on me. They had a specific name that they called me every day. It was, I mean, I look back at it now and I go, well, that was dumb. But when you're in fourth grade, I mean, the fact that a group of kids would isolate you and pick on you and laugh at you, I mean, it feels like your world's going to end. I mean, it's just so, it's so hard. I remember one of those kids would pick me out regularly, get me in a headlock, and punch me in my eye for not no real particular reason. He's just bigger than me, and I couldn't do much about it. So I, always, I was always red. I mean, it was always messed up. So I know what it's like to be bullied and to, to, to be the victim of hurtful words. And yet I also know what it's like to aim hurtful words. Far too often, even today, I wish it, I wish it wasn't the case. I mean, I, I'm confessing to you. I mean, in my, you know, I have, I'm married and I have three boys. And I can think of times that I have said hurtful things that I wish I never, ever said to my wife or to my children. That I hope God gives them the grace to forget. I remember, you know, it's so interesting. After you've gone through being bullied yourself and had people say mean things to you, how if you get a little bigger and you get a little stronger and maybe you start to be a little bit more acceptable by the quote-unquote cool crowd, how you can so quickly turn the tables and become that person saying hurtful things. I still, I still feel the weight of it today. There was a girl in my class in junior high that I just, I was, was horrible to. It's a terrible thing to her. Truth is, we've all used our mouths foolishly. And we all need a cure for the wounds we've made and the wounds that we have. And the good news for us tonight is that there is a cure. The cure is first and foremost found in hearing the word of the one who has always spoken truthfully and wisely. 
Jesus Christ said, for I have not spoken of my own authority, but the Father who sent me has given himself, uh, has sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. So in other words, Jesus, unlike us, never spoke a foolish word, but only what was directed by his Father. And he did this, in fact, to make up for all of our foolish talk. You must remember that all of Jesus' life All of everything Jesus does is in substitution for you, including his very words. He's making up for your foolish talk by wisely speaking. You need to remember the wise words of the true and faithful one, Jesus Christ, who says to the victims of the big mouth, I care for you so much that I know the exact number of hairs on your head and I've spilled my blood to have you as my own. Disregard whatever they pick on you for, or whatever hurtful thing they've said, what matters is what I say, and I say, you're mine. I love you with an everlasting love. To the one who has hurt others with their tongue, he declares to you at the cross that he has in fact washed your sins away. It's forgiven. No need to beat yourself up anymore over it. It's done. It's washed. It's clean. Because he offered himself up like a sheep before his shears is silent on the cross for you. It's as if all of your foolish words have never been uttered in his sight. You are made in my image, Jesus says. I love you and nothing will ever change that. In closing, I was reminded of this truth of the power of of words, just just how incredibly fragile we can be and how the right word at the right time can be everything. A while back I was, I was, I watched an interview with Stephen Curtis Chapman, the contemporary Christian music singer from when I was, I guess, a teenager. I guess he's still around, but... um, But in this interview, it was on Good Morning America, he was being interviewed about the death of his six-year-old daughter, Maria. It was just just such a tragic, tragic death. His 16-year-old, or her 16-year-old brother, Will Franklin, was, was pulling into the driveway of their house, and she excitedly ran out to greet him, and he didn't see her, and he hit her, and he ran over her. I mean, it just... Awful. I can't even begin to imagine the nightmare for the family and for Will and the, 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 the pain of it all. And, but what, what struck me was what I heard next because I thought, oh my God, if I was in that situation, Lord, give me the grace and the wisdom to say this thing. Because when, when Stephen, the father, was loading up his dying daughter into the car to race her to the hospital, I mean, as fast as he could, he just instinctively rolled down the window and looked at his guilt-ridden son and yelled out to him on his way out, Will Franklin, your father loves you. How, how amazing, how important do you think those words were to that 16-year-old boy who had just committed this horrible accident that wasn't in his control? He couldn't do anything about it, but it doesn't matter. Guilt strikes us and hurts us and weighs us down over things that we had no control of. And, and, and yet, what word did he need to hear that could give him just a little sustenance, no matter what? 
your father loves you. This doesn't change things. That's the power that God displays through the cross. He says to you and I, when we're in the height of despair over how we've hurt and been hurt with our words, your Father loves you. It doesn't change anything. Let's pray. Father, it's it's so necessary for us to know and be validated by you first, to be affirmed by you first, to understand our standing with you and what you say about us in your word. Because that changes our heart. And Jesus, you say that out of our heart come our words. So let our hearts be changed by the power of your affirmation so that we then would utter life with our words and not death. That we would build people up and not tear them down. We ask this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.